Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 311 of Third Shift. I, of course, am here, and I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. It's Mr. Eric, the specialty master, the one with the knife, the brander, the uh, what was ASMR king of Third Shift, because I'm the only one who's done it. You don't, yeah. you don't, you, you can't, don't get oh, to be the king. On. I get to be I'm the, the king. king. No, I you get can to be, be the you, king of this. You can be the, the Archduke of right. ASMR. How about that? How about even, the Emperor? It's even alliteration. Emperor? Come on. Emperor? No. No, Archduke, because Archduke of ASMR, it works. It does sound better, but Archduke is below king. So I don't like that. Nobody knows that, though. Nobody knows that. Earls, duchesses, they nobody don't knows understand that. Barons, barons. It doesn't matter. They don't know. They don't know. But I know. Plus, 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 Eric, it's a fake title. You can say you're above everything. <laughs> That's true. Fine. I am the Archduke of the ASMR. I'm here today. We're going to talk a little bit about Gamescom. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing, some games, some releases. You all know what's going to happen. But before we do any of that, I'm here today with the magnificent, the irradiant, the one who gets to go on vacation and enjoy life. The Inglorious Bastard, Mr. Matt, he's here today. He wants to have some fun. He wants to talk about some games. So that's what we're going to do. But before we do it, Matt, gaming, life, what's it all about? What'd you do this week? Anything special, fun, cool, sad? Actually, all of those things. Yes. Oh, no. Special, fun, cool, and sad. Didn't want the it was sad great. part. Oh, no. No, it's fine. You'll, you'll get it when we get there. I'm going to start out on the video game front this week because I only played two video games all week. One being Animal Crossing New Horizons, which I play every day and have a lot of fun with. The second being Not Words. If you don't know what Not Words is, listen to the last episode. I went crazy bananas. It's great. I play it every single day now. And it's wonderful and it's stressful because I, st- I, I eat my food in the morning. I go, I'll, I'll do Animal Crossing at night. That's what I'll do. I'll do it and relax. I'll do Not Words in like the 20 minutes I got to go before work. And I go, and one of them, I go, bzz, I bust through it. I go, yeah, sweet, I'm doing it. The second daily puzzle, I go, all right, I'm mostly busting through this one. Oh, it's a little more difficult. Okay, hmm. got it though. And I go to that third one, and I have like seven minutes before I should probably be out the door. And I go, hmm, ah, oh, ah, mm, ah, ooh, ah, mm. Maybe, maybe I got. Uh, Seven more minutes. Maybe I could push it a little closer. Ah, I can't do this. I gotta go. I'll do this when I get home. And I scurry out the door. But it's still fun. It's amazing. I love words and making words and stuff. It's great. Using the scrambled letters. Oh, it's wonderful. And it's, like I said to you about, like, proper crosswords. It's wonderful because in the morning I look at it, I have no idea what anything is. It's completely lost. My brain is just, I can't put it together. Come back from work, sit down, pull up the exact same puzzle. Oh, well, this is obviously, that's obviously, this over here is, oh, boom, 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 boom. I didn't do anything different. I'm just in a different look at it, and oh, that's obviously this. It's great. It's wonderful. So that's all the video game front. On the real world front, oh boy, you made a promise to me. You said, Matt, I swear to you, I will go and see Bullet Train. And I said, Excellent, because when I got out of that movie theater, I thought, Eric is going to love this movie. We're going to talk about it. We're going to laugh. I can't laugh. wait to talk about We're going to have such a great time <laughs> reminiscing about the great scenes and laughing so hard in the movie theater and knowing that no one else is laughing because this is just a total asshole laugh scene. I'm just like, I am laughing and I am a bad person for laughing so hard at this, even though it's it's the movie is set up that way. It's... Sometimes bad things happen, and it's hilarious, and it's great. And I was just, by the end of it, oh, it was so wonderful. I almost completely forgot about the two teenage girls way at the end of the row that wouldn't shut their goddamn mouths. And at the one point where something gross happened, one went, oh, that was nasty. And I just wanted to throw hands. But the rest of the movie, effing amazing. Wonderful. Critics, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what fun is. It was just hilarious and wonderful and it's not just me saying that because i went with mom and she was laughing and having a great time at the end of the movie when we're walking out she went man i'm really glad we saw that 
Yeah, me too. Because that was a lot of fun. It was really funny. Yeah. I don't think a lot of other people liked it, though, or thought it was funny. It seemed like just you and me. And I went, that's fine, too, because we had a blast. And speaking of having a blast, but in a completely different way, the very next day, went to the Wharton Center, Passant Theater, went and saw Tuesdays with Maury, a play. It's based on a very famous book and a story about, I'm assuming this is all a true story, like a sports writer who kind of reconnects with his old college professor. He's got ALS, and he's kind of teaching him how to live and, you know, what's most important in life. And it's a very sad, very touching play, but appropriate, though. You get wound up, you get caught up in your own things. Like, look, some things in life are the really important things. You know how it is. At the end of that play, there was not a dry eye in the house. I even got just a little bit. It got me. I went, oh, look at that thing that happened that I won't spoil. Oh, my goodness. But there were sniffles everywhere. Everywhere there were sniffles and weeps. So that's where the sad comes from. Because it was, a, it was a sad, emotional play, but it was a great one. It was very enjoyable. It was just a two-man show, and they hooked me. They did a great job with it. So going from one extreme of just complete asshole laughing to, oh, man, mm, oh, weeps, weeps all around, and then video games. That was it. That was my week. It was a great week. Considering only those things, it was wonderful. What a great week. What about you, Eric? I was going to say, you know what, that does sound like a good week, but dang, dude, you are slacking on them video games. But I will say, you're having a lot of fun, mm-hmm. so what's it matter? Not really, as long as you're enjoying life. And I'm going to tell you, I intended to see Bullet Train, okay? I did, and we were supposed to. It's all going to happen. And then it was, oh, no, no, can't make it, oh, man. And then, oh, I could go by myself, but things happen, the world happened, I got caught up in the storm of life, and off we went, and I didn't get to see it. But I told you, this coming weekend, uh-uh, it's happening. I'm going to see it. So next week, we can go ahead, and we can talk about it, laugh about it, see what we liked about it. And like, and you're right, the critics, they're all going, meh, 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 it's all right, meh, meh, But I suspect, as you did, I'm going to love it, too. So we can tell the critics they're wrong, and then you, the listeners, can understand that we're right. Critics are definitely wrong, because they usually are anyway, and we'll enjoy ourselves. What I did do uh, is, uh, you know, what did I do in real life? Hmm. Worked on the deck, uh, you know. I'm shaking my head. This is not worth it. No, no. I I had a great week. You just had a great week, too. Don't even talk about the stupid deck. Don't even think about it. Don't think about the work you have to come back to after the thing that's going to be fun. After the thing that's going to be Don't think about it. No, you're done. Oh, goodness. I worked on the deck. I'm sure I did some other stuff, too, in the real life world. I don't really know what it was, but we did something. Something happened. I do know, however, that on Friday we played Overwatch. That's right. Okay, Matt? That's yeah, I forgot to mention that one. Yeah. And we had so much fun. We start off and me and Matt for like the first two rounds, no trophy, no no golds, no nothing. And we're like, oh no. This this isn't how it rolls. This is not this is not how the night goes when me and Matt play. But that's okay because after the second round, it all started coming back. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, oh, Four golds and a bronze. Oh, two golds, three silvers, a bronze. Oh, yep, up, up through four silvers and a bronze. Uh, and all of a sudden, the whole rest of the night was just, yep, that, 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 mm-hmm. that, that, that. Oh, Matt got to play the game. Oh, Mahaka got to play the game. Oh, man. And I was just right back in the groove. And I kept saying, what? when did we quit? Why did we quit? I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> I don't really remember, except for just the bad games, because we did get a few bad games in Yeah, there, we had a few bad Where it was just like, ugh, all we're doing is just running into the meat grinder, and no one else can make a push. Or you and I, together, we're in. Where is everybody else? Oh, they're not here. Where are they? Does, I mean, it doesn't matter, because everybody's dead now. But what yeah. happened? What happened? What are these people playing? What are they doing? And that was the typical, even back in the day when we were playing. Yeah, yeah. You, you'd run into those teams where it's just nobody even knows how to play this game. And after seven, eight years, how, I don't understand, if you're playing this game, how you don't know how to play this game. It, it still baffles me. It boggles the mind. But it's it's there, nonetheless. And I will say, one thing we do need to do, when Total Mayhem is not an option, 
we need to, I mean, I just wanted to do Mystery Heroes all that night anyway. But by the end of the night, I was like, man, you know, I got to play Moira like twice. We got to sprinkle it up if we get, especially if we get a bad Mystery Heroes team. Hey, let's go into just some quick play, just some mm-hmm. regular. Pick your hero. I was thinking the exact same thing, actually. Uh, by the next day, I went, I had Arissa like three times. Mm-hmm. I played Ash like once. Yeah. I think I played Road Dog once. I like I was always Anna. I was Echo. I made some decent plays, but those aren't my characters. Oh, well, here, just be them again. Be them again. Oh. Yeah. And that seems to be our luck when it comes to Mr. Heroes. Me and you always end up just getting a lot of characters that aren't our, our mains, our, our naturals. Like, hell, like my, my play of the game with five gold stars was Torbjorn one, that one night. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't play Torbjorn. I don't. I don't give two poops about Torbjorn. Yeah. I mean, I like his his costume I have for him because it's a World of Warcraft reference. But beyond that, I'm like, I don't care. But that was my play of the game for the night with five gold stars to boot. And I'm like, well, that's weird. I mean, I want to play as some characters I, I like and that I personally enjoy playing as instead of just going, okay, well, do the best I can. Let's roll out. Woo-woo! Yeah. I think my play of the game was maybe Bastion. Which, I mean, it was fun because it carried us through that point, but it's not that exciting to just sit in the corner as a turret and just go. Kill, 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 kill. Versus when I'm warping around as Moira and throwing the balls and not ever doing heals and just taking everybody's life. Oh, so much fun. So we had a good time. We enjoyed it. I think we both enjoyed it anyway. And I don't know why we quit, but we did. And but yeah. we just came back, and it's it's nice to you know play that again and enjoy it again. Will it mean we're gonna go crazy with it again? I don't know, but I do want to at least keep mildly steady with it, so our skill sets, you know, keep tight, stay uh-huh. up there. Because I don't want to be going into Overwatch too rusty and craptacular. And you, Matt's laughing. I am Matt, laughing, and you I know pretend- why I'm laughing. And if you don't know, I'll tell you right now. Oh, I don't know if we want to go crazy with it. Well, geez, Eric, we can only play together once every two months, so it's impossible for it's us impossible to just go, to go crazy, crazy and play it all the time. <laughs> Jesus. Well, beyond that, what I mean though is we're supposed to. We got to play Tiny Teens Wonderlands and beat uh-huh. it still. We got to go through some uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a couple more times. We've got stuff to do. We've got games like, to play. Like four more times. We No, mm-hmm. not, five more times mm-hmm. because we only beat the story mode once. So we got oh Oh, jeepers. So we've got games to play and things to do. Got stuff going on. But beyond Overwatch, I watched the Game of Thrones brand new uh, TV show on the HBO Max. The first episode, and it was awesome. It was really good. A lot of intrigue, a lot of you know politics going on, a lot of dramatic crap going on. Everyone's talking about the old birthing scene, and it was it was wild, it was crazy. I'll give you that, but it was awesome, and, and it felt like I was back in the Game of Thrones universe. That's what's important to me. I'm like, oh, I'm back in the Westeros world. Now I was very much mistaken. I went into this thinking that we were going to be on Valaria or Valeria, well, you know, the uh, the original homeland of the Targaryens. You are not. It's post them coming over and taking over the Iron Throne. So I was completely just dumb and wrong on that. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I get to go see their old homestead and everything else. No, they're already here. They're already in Westeros. They're already sitting around on the dirty scrublands doing the dirty scrubland deeds that they were doing. So... That's one little mild part that I was sad about because I was like, ah, I kind of wanted to get out of Westeros. I want to go see a, a new world. But no, here we are. Dirty knights, wenches, thieves, cutthroats, all sorts of dirty human beings doing dirty deeds. It'd be too much to ask for, hey, come on back to Game of Thrones and nothing is at all how you remember it. I mean, I don't even know what Valyria is like or anything. I don't know any backstory at all. But she's like, it's Game of Thrones, but it's not. And people aren't going to buy into that. Yeah. Well, they probably made the right call in the end. But for me, I'm a little sad. But it was good nonetheless. All the actors and actresses, etc., really into it. I mean, I was enthralled and just, you know, sitting there watching it the entire time, focused. I won't spoil anything in case anybody hasn't watched it, but just awesome 
a good uh, chunk of dragon play going in. Not a ton, which is how I figured it will be, because obviously budget and everything. But the where they placed the dragons and how they were doing things made sense, felt right. And then the jokes and the uh, commentary between uh, the characters and why they were doing this and that. It just was really good. Really good. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. If it continues this way, it's going to be a definite thumbs up. If you haven't seen it, Matt, you got to get that HBO Max and check it out. Oh, poor man, Eric. I can't can't afford $9.99 a month. I'll get yelled at, you know. I get in trouble when I yell that by who? Yell that by who? You're lying. You got a ghost by, in your house? Yell that by the most important person in the world. Yourself? Me. That's right. Ah, gotcha. Well, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be out of the conversation then. You you're not gonna be in the know. <laughs> I was for five seasons of the first one, also. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I enjoyed that. And then of course I've been playing a Yakuza like a dragon, not as much as I was hoping to. It's been a kind of a light week for games for me as well, but periodically I've gotten on there for, you know, at least two to three hours this week, and uh, I haven't progressed the main mission. Kind of came to a standstill where an event happened and a party member had a thing go on, mm-hmm. and then things kind of switched up, Yep. and I don't want to progress yet because all of a sudden a lot of side quests popped up, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, do I make the call of progressing the main mission to the point where I have a another person in again because obviously it's going to happen or do i go do all the side quests before i move on you know naturally being an rpg person i went no eric you do all the side quests before you do the main one again Mm -hmm. so i've been going around doing side quests and admittedly a couple of them this time haven't been that entertaining it's been kind of like oh i'm just mad and i want to go beat up this person over here and you go do it but a couple of them have been very entertaining so I'm going to continue to do exactly that and clear up all those side missions before I go click on the main one with a side note. One side note being that I did one of the side missions, and I think it was one of the um, the uh, hero ones, mm-hmm. and it was like nine levels above my level. I had to use elixirs and life potions and godly tier stuff to survive that. And I went, is this all going to be all the side missions? And it wasn't. Not yet, anyway. I did like three of them, and it was fine. No problem. But that scared the hell out of me for a second. And I went, oh, should I just stop? Is it, Am I supposed to go do story for a little bit and then come back to this? But I pushed through, and like I said, I did three or four, and it went back. It was down to you know my level. But that one hero mission almost screwed me. So I wasn't happy about it, man. I didn't, I didn't like having to use some of my high-end stuff to get through it. I don't really remember that, but I remember there being one that was surprisingly tough. But just work through it like it did. You know, I had my healer there the whole time, so it didn't really matter, matter. That's the difference. I don't have a healer. My healer was the the individual, Matt. Eric, I don't know if you've ever... There's this game genre called RPG. And you know, you have like a party, and you have roles in a party. Yeah, you my healer, healer was the individual, Matt. Well, then, you you know, you can make other people other healers. I you, can't, you though, can't because just, I forgot how to turn them into the different thing. You can't just like, where do I go? double around with no <laughs> healer. And just, I went to their job sets, and it won't let me change them. And I'm like, where the hell was I that allowed me to change the jobs? You're I'm like, is it works. the survive barb? No, uh, no. You were at the Michigan Workstation, remember? We talked about That's it on the very it. last yes, episode. Yes, we did. We did. You You're to... right. Michigan. I, yeah. I, I will say, I don't think Hello Work is marked on your map all the time, just when no. it's a quest thing. So you just have to remember where it is. It's just down I, from I the, remember where it is. Yeah, it's just down from the trash man. Yeah. So you're there it is. Yeah. Now I can go turn, what's your name, Psycho, into a, a healer and I'll be all okay. But for that mm. particular fight, I had no healer. And like I said, everybody was like eight levels above me. And I was just sitting there like, I have to use items every round now. And I'm like, why? You know me. Uh No, you're not supposed to use items in RPGs. This is a, ah, I'm going to kill myself. There's one battle you can use it in, and that's when everybody has their shirts off. And it's it's the final battle. And then then I can can drink this drink. I can use that thing. I can can call in all my help people on the phone. Every summon you didn't have, every hero, hero on call. Then you go nuts and you beat the fight in 10 seconds. Then you complain how easy it was. That's the way an RPG is supposed to be played. That fight's still pretty tough. I'm just saying, even ah, calling it all my good. people. Gosh dang it! So it's I've not been impossible, that. but it's tough. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. 
And then lastly, Cult of the Lamb. This game's a gem. It is an utter gem. I sit in here and I get lost. And I just sit in town and I'm like, okay, you know what? Chet's not happy with me. Let me go make up with Chet. Oh, I go, oh, peace, Chet. And I got Matt screaming in the background, blasphemies. I'm still to this day dealing with it. Matt has not <laughs> shut up. But I'm a good guy. I'm a nice guy. I can't guy. be silenced. I so will not I be keep, silenced. The I truth must to re- be told. I keep re-educating him. I keep bribing him. I keep trying to give him things. And his his little hatred meter goes down and down and down. But I have not, to this day, gotten him to just shut up and stop dissenting in my group. I ain't, you know, I ain't, it's, it's problematic. And I'm like, you know, I'm on, I'm so close to sacrificing Matt one. The truth so will close. out, Eric. The truth will out. The people need to know the actual <laughs> good word. Matt two is going to be a very polite, quiet individual. I don't think okay? you know Matt's very well. That's that's. <laughs> I'm going to make sure. All right. So I'm going slow because I'm just having a lot of fun in the town, screwing around, collecting stuff, trying to trying to build a town. I don't play these types of games very often. So like in my mind, I see where everything should be and how the town should be laid out. But clunky, dumb Eric's making like just weird, like super military regulated straight, narrow roads with no decor at all. So I'm trying to battle past that and just figure it out. But all the while... You only got a limited time before your, you know, your, uh, your, your faith, etc., is going to go down, and you have to get out there and get more stuff to get everybody boosted back up. And last but not least, on that front, I'll just say Bob, number one, is still alive, and he is by far the most favorite character ever because he is so true to the real Bob. Mm-hmm. Just last night, I was on there, and he came. Master, listen. I said, what's up? He said, I think Chet's going to try to screw you over. Uh-huh. Can you go watch Chet? Go spy on Chet because I think he's going to do something. I wouldn't, Master, but Chet will. So I went, sure, Bob. Let me go watch Chet. I watched Chet. Chet did nothing but the work I told Chet to do. Uh-huh. And I came back and I had to go to Bob. Bob, Chet did nothing wrong. He's just doing his job. All right, Master. Thank you for spying on Chet for me. But I promise you. They're all up to no good. It's, I'm the only one that's good. Jesus. And I went, this is great. Uh, <laughs> it's so magical. It's so magical. Michael died, by the way. Michael passed away. He was of old age. He's old. Yeah. Sorry, Michael. Michael, too, will be better. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just fun. What a good game. So on the game front, I had a great time. I didn't get to play nearly as much as I wanted to. It's been a busy week. But I had a great time playing what I did. So there you go. That's my week. But man, get yourself ready for an even better week. Because when you hear about this game, I'm going to tell you about it. You're going to rush out. You're going to buy it. You're going to play it. Because I'm talking about Curse to Golf, which came out last week on the 18th for PlayStation, PC, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, developed by Chuhai Labs, published by Thunderful Publishing. Before I even tell you what kind of game this is, you got to go look at this game. Go watch a trailer. Go watch a review. If you love pixel art in any kind of way, you will fall in love with this game. If you like chiptune music, like whoops and yeah, beeps and boops, mm-hmm. you're going to love this game. The music is great. The art is phenomenal. It has so much charm. Like it, It's pixel art, but it's so so detailed and so expressive. A lot of the characters are really cartoony looking. So when I see the move in that pixel style, it's just beautiful. I love it. Another thing that I love, everybody knows it, it's roguelikes. And it's roguelikes that have card elements to them. That's what this game is, too. What are you talking about, Matt? It's called Curse to Golf. You are a famous golfer. You're on the last hole of a big tournament. You're about to win. You get struck by lightning, and you go to Golf Purgatory. And in Golf Purgatory, you have to complete 18 holes to get out, to get... I don't know where you're going. Maybe you're going to heaven. Maybe you're just going nowhere and just disappearing. I'm not sure. But each hole is a whole stage. It's like a whole platforming stage. And you are playing golf through it. Watch the reviews, watch the videos, because I'll do a poor job of explaining it. It's not just, oh, you know, hit it here and then to the left and then over a, a, a piece of water and then you're at the hole. It's it's like a whole platforming level. Think of like something like out of Super Meat Boy, but a whole like Mario level of that. So you got to hit it over here, up there, and then drop the ball down through here, over a sand pit, over some spikes, go through like exploding blocks, blow open a whole new area to get here, to get there. 
You got all kinds of special abilities. You can put spin on the ball. You got three different clubs you can use to get at different angles, different powers, all that, all that typical stuff. So you start up a hole, boom. It's kind of like a slay the spire type thing. First hole, go up, maybe an event, go up second hole, that kind of overworld map. Get into the hole, you got five strokes to get to the hole. How are you supposed to do that when it's a giant, weird platforming level? Along the way, you can hit certain things with your ball to give yourself more strokes. If you destroy a golden statue, I think you get three or four strokes. If you destroy a silver statue, you get two. So it's a crazy golf-themed, roguelike platformer. It almost reminds me of like Spelunky, where you have these weird challenges and things you got to get through. But the only thing you have to get through it is this little golf ball. But you do have to treat it like golf. You have to hit it at certain angles with arcs and you know different powers. So if you want to drop it down this hole that's right next to you, you have to hit it with just this little power or this really high arc so it'll drop down and do what you need it to do. If you go in the rough, you got to hit it with a wedge so you have less power because you can't use your driver on there. All the usual golf stuff. And then in between the stages, you can go to the pro shop and you can buy little cards that give you specialty powers for your little golf shots. Maybe it gives you more power here, more this, more that. Maybe you get the rocket ball. When you hit that ball, now it has a little rocket flare on the end, and you just fly it around the map. It's crazy. This game is nuts. And in between all these stages, there are four bosses that you have to beat. And each boss has unique golf powers. And to beat them, you play through their stage. You play a golf game against them, against the stage. It's crazy. It's wild. I've heard that it is really pretty hard. I mean, it's a roguelike. It's supposed to be, but there aren't many things that carry over. Like when you beat a boss, you do get their specific power. That carries over from run to run, but I don't think a lot of other stuff does. So it's kind of one of those things where you practice those early holes and you get better at them and better at them so you don't have to use as many cards on the early holes. So when you get to the later holes, which are super hard or some of those boss fights, now you have a whole fistful of cards to use to help you get through there. There's all kinds of other things you can unlock, more abilities, more things, all kinds of video game themed costumes for you to wear, all kinds of fun stuff. But I just got to say, if roguelikes are too hard for you, if the, if golf isn't that appealing to you, at least watch a trailer, at least watch a review because that art style, it's so fun and so charming. I don't know how else to describe it, but when I see it, it makes me smile. Especially the little animations. Like, you are, uh, you're in purgatory. You're a little ghost dude. So, you know, you'll hit the ball and go over here. But the transition to get you to the next hit, it's like you, sometimes you get sucked into a portal. Sometimes you're a little, you turn into a little ghost self and you go swoop and disappear. And then you kind of rise up from the ground in the other one. It's so charming. There's this beautiful pixel art. And if that doesn't make you smile, then we can't be friends. I don't know what to tell you. But you can still go play Curse to Golf. Go check it out. It's a fantastic game. I'm excited for it. You should be excited for it, too. Woo, doggy. You want to talk about hard? I want to talk about easy and or just adequate, okay? In levels of difficulty, Mr. Matt. A game that comes out August 26th, published, developed by Atlas. We've got Soul Hackers 2, okay? Soul Hackers 1 came out a long time ago. People probably thought it was never going to go anywhere because it's not really a famous one like Shin Megami Tensei and or Persona. But alas, we're here. They did get a sequel. That's not alas. That's not alas. That's that's behold. That's oh, not be, alas. But, alas, but. <laughs> we got a great game. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, it's true. You're right. The context seems negative instead of... But behold, Matt. Perfect. We have a sequel. It is here. It is a game I knew nothing about. I knew nothing about Soul Hackers 1. Didn't even... Because I'm, you know, I'm a late bloomer. I didn't know about Persona up until 4, and then I didn't even play it till 5, and then I had to go backtrack. Shin Megami Tensei, knew it existed, thought it was some crazy Japanese stuff. Too way too hard, I was never going to play it. Still really haven't played it, even though I have it on Switch. But You've, you've played, played it. You've, you've played I've, it. I've played like 20, 20, 30 hours of it, but you know, that doesn't really count. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But this one, Matt. It has a lot of stuff that was intriguing. You know, we talked about it in previous shows where it was like, well, it kind of seems like a blend between Shin Megami Tensei and Persona. And that's kind of what it's panning out to be because 
you are going to take the form of the main character, Ringo. You're also coming with a fig or fig. I don't really know how it's pronounced. I say fig just because it seems right to me. You are two like AI created individuals who are there to save the world from a cataclysm. So you go into the human world to try to protect a couple people from getting killed, which would create this problem. Well, things go sideways. Nothing happens the way it's supposed to happen. All of a sudden, you're trying to save some other individuals, you're meeting other individuals, you get a team, you get a party who also want to do the same thing that you want to do, but for different reasons. Now you have this unique group of individuals having to help each other out to keep the world safe. Kind of cool, kind of different, kind of weird. Basic story. What's really neat is that in between you going into these brain AI little environments to like change the thoughts and, and fix what you need to of the individuals that you're trying to save and or stop from you know hurting the, the good guys that you need to, you're going to go to the hub, which is like a bar. Sound familiar, man? Like going to a bar and that hanging out with your friends? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You kind of do that in this game. And then, of course, through hanging out in the bar, in the bar and having interactions with your teammates – You'll build, you know, your your reputation, your social status with them, and then allow you to go into their little brain things and, and do stuff there and make them like you more and further the story, so on and so forth. It is your basic RPG. You're going to get skills along the way, and it's an Atlas RPG. So what do you think is going to happen? You're going to go into these dungeons that I'm talking about. You're going to find demons in these dungeons. Now, it differs in Shin Megami Tensei and Persona. You know, you go in there, they, they want all sorts of weird things. Sometimes they want items, sometimes they want money, sometimes they ask you to do weird stuff and want riddles and questions. This one is strictly, randomly, you'll find them in the dungeon, standing there, and then they'll engage you in conversation, and they'll say, I want 100 bucks to join your team. That's it. They will demand something of you, and if you have said something, you can then recruit this demon into your team. Once the demon's in your team, that's that. You can equip them, and of course by equipping them, if you don't know, in Persona, in Shin Megami Tensei, the equipped demon has different elemental stats, different uh, physical you know, ailments and or protections, and of course different skill sets. So you can get your healers, electrical damage, wind damage, fire damage, etc. You, know you know the gamut. So you want to mix and match, just like you do in every other Atlas game, to create a Persona, oh, <laughs> not a Persona, a demon that has... All the stuff that you love as a character and equip them so that way you can become the most bad man pajama Ringo that ever was. And then, of course, do the same with your characters so that way everybody's immortal and cannot die. And why I say this is because we know the deal, Matt. We know how it goes in Persona doing all this. But apparently, from what I hear, because I don't get the game till tomorrow, just like everybody else... It's relatively easy. The game's not actually very difficult when it comes to the battle side of it. If you like Shin Megami Tensei and you love the difficulty of the battle system, you're going to be very disappointed because from what I hear, this is extremely accessible. So you're going to come in here and it's going to be very uh, Barney-style, basic, have-a-good-time battle system. But it's a solid battle system because they take inspiration from the Persona series. So when you're in battle with your teammates, it's all very flashy, very quick, very efficient, and you're just going through the motions. Click, 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 click. What's your elemental weaknesses? It'll show it right there once you've discovered it, and you're just having a good time. And to me, that sounds fantastic. Mm -hmm. I don't always need an RPG to just make me angry or do something crazy. But if you want a challenge, it does stay played on hard from start. And at least you'll get a mild challenge. But even then, they said on hard, it's not as hard as Shin Megami Tensei is traditionally. So just be aware of that if that if, you know this genre is something you're really into. But all in all, the graphics, the way it looks, the characters to me, and the vibe of it, that whole very flashy, you know, cyberpunky neon vibe going on, I like it. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I purchased it, as I already said. So I recommend everybody at least take a peek at it. If you love RPGs, especially if you love Atlas RPGs, because, I don't know, just looks damn good to me, and it should look good to you. Another thing that should have looked good to you, if you have seen it, and if you haven't seen it yet, you need to get on your horse and go get it, and that's Gamescom Opening Night Live, hosted by our dear friend Jeff Keighley, and I'm just, I'm just going to say it in here, I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, I used to hate Jeff Keighley. But now I don't mind him so much. Like he does all this cool stuff, and he is still like he's still the same guy that I never liked 
when he first came around. But I don't know. I'm just like, hey, it's Jeff. He's kind of dorky. He's doing his things. I used to just hate him, like despise him when I was like college age and he was coming around. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, Eric. I don't know either because I wasn't particularly fond of him either. But now I'm like, yay, if he's here, it means we're probably going to see something. Get yeah. some good stuff, yeah. So maybe it's because he brought the candy. Maybe we know he's got a big bag of candy with him now. So either no matter what, we're like, he's bringing candy. I like old Jeff. Here he comes. <laughs> That's true. And he did bring the candy this time. And then even more people brought more candy. But that's another story for another day. We're just talking in this episode about Gamescom opening night live because I have one and a half sheets of notes here. So many things with stars, so many things underlined, so many good things. There's only two or three ways to start this. So don't disappoint me, Eric. There's only two or three things you can start with. Give me one of them. Give me something. Oh, I'm so going to disappoint you. Yeah, I know you are. I'm so going to disappoint you. But I won't. I won't. I'll start with the Callisto Protocol, okay? Okay, that's acceptable. That's acceptable. I. This is what I was waiting for, was Callisto Protocol. I wanted to see more gameplay. We did get that. It wasn't what I was hoping for. I'm not going to lie to you. I was hoping for like a really nice, big, deep scoop into Callisto Protocol. But what they did give us was some more uh, initial gameplay of like how it feels and how it looks. And what it did was just reaffirm that it's Dead Space, but a different story, a different world. Because, of course, initially, as soon as it boots up, as you bring it in, you know, hitting the stuff with your telekinesis power thing, bring it in, sucking it in, walking up, slamming, using your your power to slam the, uh, the necromorph, whatever they're called, into the uh, meat grinder. And then you doing that a few more times, kind of just battling the different uh, undead or whatever they're called in this game. And then it did something, though, that I was impressed with and I was hoping for. And this is what turn, turned it around and made me excited. was when they went to the scene where you're falling down that uh, little uh, waterfall, whatever the hell you want to call it, the porthole. And, and you're going through and you're having to dodge the platforms as you're you know falling and you can't stop yourself. And then they had the upper meat grinder going, so you had to like push down real quickly to kind of like slip past that. And then he got to the, uh, the turbines. And then... You hit it, and what impressed me was instead of it just you hitting it and dying, and just, oh, game over, you got crushed. No, it hit it, and then it acted like you did it on purpose. Like, you're like, oh, I'm going to try to grab the turbine and stop myself and get you know get out of this scenario. Of course, that fails because you're traveling at probably like 50, 60 miles per hour in real life at this point. You're not going to stop yourself like that, but it shows you clonking against it. Doing a complete whirl around, and then this thing just lifting you up in the air and cutting you in half. And it was like, game over. And I was like, yes, that's awesome. Why that excited me was because some of the coolest parts in Dead Space were those, like, quick action moments. You know, something just crazy bombastic happened, and instead of the typical using my little three-cutter, cutting off limbs, etc., all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, X, move over, X, Y, 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 get out of this hand grip. Oh, jeez. Oh, fly over here. Do this. They're going to have it. They just showed you. They went, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it is, everybody. Rest assured, we're going to have some really fun surprise quick action events and, 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 and you know, edge of your seat moments. So that really impressed me. And then just the fact, like I said, it wasn't just, you know, simple old school death stuff. They're actually going to give you a nice fun scene of how you get gored up, chopped up, killed, you know, or how you, why you screwed up and then what happens to you because of that. So very impressive. Just got me more hyped for Callisto Protocol. So of course is a big one for me. I can't even speak to any of that because I just went Callisto Protocol. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to start doing some work now. And then when I, when I rewatched it, Callisto Protocol, all right, what's the next one? Click, click, click. But I have to say, this whole show, it was almost all for naught. Because literally, I think literally the second thing that was shown in the whole show, they go, oh man, check this out. It's going to be so cool. World premiere. Shh. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Oh, it's a Dune game. Oh, look at how good this game looks. Now, granted, I will say this about every single thing here. You know me. CG trailers... I don't trust him. I don't believe in him. But seeing some Dune action, seeing the Spice Harvester, seeing the worm, seeing Paul just chink, chink 
out with his little hooks and jumping in to ride the sandworm. I was sold. I was 100% sold. I was 10 million percent sold. I was willing to break my New Year's resolution and jump in and pre-purchase this game immediately. And I went to a black screen. And it came up with words, I think, in red or brown text, reddish-brown text, that said, an open-world survival MMO. No. I'm not going to be hunting for food on Arrakis. I'm not going to be trying to grow a piece of grass on Arrakis so I can get my grass meter high enough. That's not going to happen. That's never going to happen. And it made me so mad, and I almost turned the stream off. I almost threw my phone down the hallway. But I'm going to – here's two of the things that you could have started with. You could have started with that one. You could have started with this one because we would be remiss if we didn't mention it. New Tales from the Borderlands. Yes, that's what it's called. It's not Tales from the Borderlands 2. I have to go back and re-edit the title of the last podcast because it's TFTBL2 or whatever I said. No, it's New Tales from the Borderlands. we got a nice big debut trailer. You got to see some colorful characters. You got to see guns yelling at other military men. It was everything I needed it to be. Like, we were already excited. We love Tales from the Borderlands. We want another piece of it. It was awesome. I loved it. The only thing that I want to see is the actual gameplay. Because this was clearly all cutscene. It was all cinematics. There was not a moment where a character was moving, like, controlled by a human. And obviously, it's not an action game. We know that. Mm -hmm. But I want to see what that's going to look like. Because even, even in the Telltale games, you know, walking around, finding the stuff, looking for things, it's not that engaging, but I still need to see it. You know what I'm saying? I agree with you. I want to. I wanted to see it too, but I, I, I have to agree with the choice they made. Mm -hmm. Because the Telltale games were about the cutscenes. They were about after that choice, yeah, what yeah. happened afterwards. So you made the choice, and all of a sudden, everything went into motion, and now you had to live with whatever just happened. And here you go. So they showed a lot of that, which was really cool, and I love how, I don't know if it's early on or late on, but they go straight into it. And like, yep, you're going to go into a vault, and you're going to have a vault monster coming at you. You're going to have some crazy stuff. I think they saw, I saw Reese uh, mm -hmm. at some Reese point in there. So, in there. Yep, so I'm like, okay, so we got some returning characters. There is going to be some kind of tie-in interaction between these new characters and the previous characters. Which makes me really happy because that was the one thing I was afraid of is they were just going to steer 100% clear mm -hmm. of any of the traditional Borderlands story at this point and just do something completely sideways off this end. And they didn't. There's going to be some tie-in. And that makes me really happy. The one thing I was worried about is the trio of characters. Uh, you got an older, it looks like an older lady, some kind of crackhead crazy individual. And then, of course, the, uh, the, the woman in the wheelchair. And I'm like... Am I going to like these characters? I don't know. These aren't typically characters that are for me. I don't know for sure. It's just the small clippets I got. I was like, oh, am I going to like these three characters? Time will tell, I guess. I don't know. They don't immediately jump out to me like my typical type of character I, I gravitate to and then I latch onto. But I could be 100% off base. And when I see more, fall in love with one or all of them. So I'm definitely going to withhold any judgment on it. But from the snippets... The three mains, I was like, okay, well, there's no clear, easy, ah, that's an Eric character. <laughs> that's the one I'm going to like. But other than that, like you said, I love the vibes of it. I love how it feels Borderlands. It feels like the Telltales type thing going on. So I can't wait to get my hands on it. Can't wait. You know, i got to pre-order it because it's already up for pre-order, ready mm -hmm. to go now. So i got to go get in trouble for spending more money. It's very exciting. Well, I'm going to go into a, a, a smaller one because it came out right after this. And I don't know why, because I was very hyped for Tales from the Borderlands. And I was excited to see it, and I went, sweet. And then they immediately, like, smash cut into a completely different game with a completely different vibe. And I was enraptured by it. And I don't know why, because I didn't really have that much interest in Dying Light 2. But this trailer that they had for Bloody Ties, where there's, like, some overworld person and you're like in combat arenas in this dingy city i keep saying this but it's true i don't know why but i watched it and i went hell yeah i want to be in those combat arenas i want to be drop kicking people into those barbed wire wrapped poles i want to be doing this and then it came up dying light 2 and i went i had no interest in any dying light game but the, something about the trailer 
Maybe it was, you know, the badass overlord chick kind of on the on the TVs making a big speech, and then you're going through here, and obviously she's the one who runs this underdome, essentially. Something about it, it just lit my eyes up, and I don't know why, but I loved it. Whew. See, I think what's happening, Matt, is that it's giving you that bullet storm PvP vibe, you know, where we're going against the environment, trying to score all them points, rack up mm-hmm. points by killing and murdering people in all them gruesome, crazy ways. That's kind of the vibe I got from the Dying Light 2 uh, DLC coming out. And it looked interesting to me, but I have played the uh, Dying Light 2. And a few hours in, I don't remember how many anymore, but and it wasn't... Well, that's not true. It it was fun up until I got to the hub. Then I explained it on the show. I did the typical open world thing where it went, here you go, here's a bajillion dots and things to do. Mm-hmm. But this could be different. Just like you said, because it's confined, it's one area, you're in here just trying to make a name for yourself in the Crucible, that looks really cool, and it did get my attention as well. But before we get too far away, man, Telltale is indeed back. Mm -hmm. Telltale is making The Expanse, okay? They're making a Telltale series off The Expanse. If you don't know what The Expanse is, you need to go check yourself. You need to go and do a little homework. It is a fantastic show on Amazon Prime. Used to be on Sci-Fi or something like that. Don't remember, but it's such an incredible Sci-Fi. Well, obviously from Sci-Fi, Sci-Fi space drama show. You know, think Battlestar Galactica, but like just way more in-depth, nitty-gritty, and just about the people more than it is about obviously the enemy and the baddies and stuff. So good. And then, of course, the character they're focusing on, oh, mm, magnificent. Can't wait. Cannot wait for this series. I'm not a huge Telltale guy, but I've played, you know, the Batman ones and uh, Walking Dead ones. So, And, of course, Tales from Borderlands, but never been like my big stick. But this has me so excited. I cannot wait to check out The Expanse. And when they showed that trailer and how it takes place prior, way prior to the show, when this particular individual is much younger and before she'd become, you know, just a really not nice individual. I can't, I just, I can't wait to see what led up to her current state. I'm the complete opposite of you, Eric, because I am a oh. big Telltale guy, but I've never watched The Expanse. I think mm-hmm. I've read like one of the books it's based off of, but it doesn't seem to have anything to do with what's happening on the show that I'm aware of. But when I saw characters in that telltale style and this wasn't a surprise because we've seen you know a reveal trailer for it before but when i saw those characters moving in that telltale style and seeing like the the way they moved like you could tell that part of this was actually gameplay and like you know the decision was about to pop up on the screen before they cut to the different scene it gave me chills i just went oh these are back Again, finally. And that maybe that's what I was missing from the, the Tales from the Borderlands thing, because it was just a it was just fun action and, and cuts and bits and pieces. There wasn't a part where you knew the decision was gonna come up right on the screen there. You know, because it was it wasn't framed that way, is what is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm excited for that one, even though I know nothing about the series. But I'm gonna <laughs> You went into space. We've been in space for the last couple. I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna tie this in with a comment I saw on Twitter. Or no, it was on the the YouTube channel. I went was reading some comments as I went back to watch it again. People were saying, "What's with all the space games?" I was excited for space for a while, and there's all these space games. I'm so sick of space. Well, I'm not sick of space because there's so many cool space games that were here, including again, we've seen nothing. There's like almost no gameplay at all shown of this, but a game called Marauders was shown off here, and it was like a 10 second trailer, 20 seconds. The first part of it, it shows a ship flying in, flying through like an asteroid field, finding a ship. And then it goes, whoop, first-person shooter. You're going through the ship, you're finding stuff, and then you have to escape shooting a bunch of stuff. And I went, this is this is basically like Deep Rock Galactic, but in space stations, because you're going into ships or space stations or derelict whatevers, and then going and finding a thing and fighting your way out. Like I said, the trailer basically showed nothing, but it showed enough to get me excited. Because it looked good, and I like space. And if you get to like fly the ship around in space, I don't know, but it looked like you you did at least from that second shot of it. Because it's I like hope cle- so. it's clearly from behind the ship, like you are literally flying it. Mm-hmm. And then you get to go do some fun first person shooting too. Oh, Marauders, you're on my list. That's a double whammy. Now I'm sticking to space, but not quite. All right, 
Killer Clowns from Frickin' Mars. Or is it Killer Clowns from Mars? Or Outer Space. That's what it's called. I'm so hyped for it. I listen, don't know what it is. Listen. Clown Man a kid, in a TP I used to call it Killer Clowns from Mars. Growing up, that's what I called it. Because I've watched it a million times. Me and my grandma loved that show. Loved it. I don't know why I called it Killer Clowns from Mars, but that's what I did. Apparently, it's been Killer Clowns from Outer Space this entire time. The individuals will be that, uh, that uh, Games as a Service type uh, Friday the 13th. They're making this one. And I am sold. I cannot wait to wrap people up in cotton candy cocoons and then go take this big stupid clown straw, pop it in and suck their blood right out of them. I can't wait. I can't wait to throw a pie full of whatever chemicals it is and turn people's faces into skeletons as I slam the pie into their face. Going to be magnificent. These scary, dirty, dingy, weird looking clowns that give you nightmares for days and they came from outer space. And you don't know what they want. Well, you kind of do because they kind of wrap you up and eat you and stuff. Assuming they just want to eat all of us as food source and then take off again. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I don't even like these types of games. But because of the theme, I'm on board. I want to be the bad guy every time. And I want to hunt down those humans and I want to just eat them up like little candies. Dang it. Well, I'm going to stay in space. I'm staying in space for a two-pack. I know one of these we talked about, so you, you can say a little bit of something to the second one. But the first one I'm talking about that I'm excited about, it wasn't even like a, a full-on trailer. I think it was just an ad that was in between PC Game Pass. There was the, an ad for this game and then like another ad. So I think this was just like, hey, let's just throw this in here. Hard Space Shipbreaker. It's a game all about salvaging ships in space. And it's one of those simulator games a job simulator game where you're cutting off pieces of the hull and blowing stuff up something about that trailer and that little ad or whatever it was it looked so good and it looked so i don't know how to describe like just cutting off panels and recycling them as fun but like taking the ship apart and then seeing things blow up and like the wide shot of this giant explosion and stuff in space it made me, and it kind of captured the grandeur of space because it shows your character kind of, you know, you're kind of free falling and grab onto the side of a ship, or you're not free falling, but like a, a big free jump from one section to the other as you're taking it apart. Oh, couldn't wait for it. But then another space related game is Moonbreaker. That's the digital miniatures game where you're doing tactical combat with these little toy miniatures and their characters because they have voice lines and they do all this crazy stuff. And I'm halfway sold on that. Just based on the style alone, obviously I love tactical combat, but just the style of not only just the characters and their personalities, but just the way this game looks. It's so colorful and so bright, and obviously the the dev was there talking about painting the miniatures on your own. I don't even care about that. Just look how colorful this damn game is. It just popped off even just my tiny phone screen. I couldn't believe it. It 100% just reminded me of all the sub-games you play in Final Fantasies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Especially like the FF7 remake with the Fort of Condor or whatever. It was like that, but on crack. Like up to the 10th. You know, all sorts of skill sets, maneuvering, and this and that you got to know. And then to top it all off, besides it being vibrant, besides it being colorful, besides it looking really cool, Brandon Sanderson has done the writing for this particular game. He's an incredible author who's done a lot of great stuff out there in the past. So if you don't know who he is, check him out. So you know the writing's going to be solid. And then, like you said, just the way it shows itself and then the fact that it looks like all them really cool sub-games you know, sub games you love in the RPGs, it was definitely one I was I was high on as well. I, was, I had it right here. Brandon Sanderson's writing for Moonbreaker. Holy but Joe, it actually looks great. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, so for me, I'm in the same boat. And you know what? I'll stay in space, Matt. Because I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Destiny 2 Lightfall. <laughs> this... Get out of space. I'm sick now, of space listen. games. I'm tired <laughs> yeah, of space. I, I Never figured say this space again. I figured ah. this bring you back down to Earth. But I got to tell you, this I've been dark on Destiny. I tried to get back and do it again. Was on it for a couple weeks. Nobody played with me. Did the usual fall off. This trailer came on, and I didn't think it was even Destiny. I was like, these people look kind of like Guardians, but... It's because it looks like colorful and fun and really engaging. Because I, I saw it too, and I went, man, this looks pretty badass. And I had to walk away because I was at work. 
I came back and I looked on your list and you went, oh, yeah, it's blah, blah, whatever the title is. And you put Destiny 2 DLC and I went, that can't be. <laughs> it, looks like, it looked like something it I'd enjoy. It looked like some fun, cool thing, right? Well, that's the, that's the whole shtick. And that's why I went and did a deep dive after that trailer because it didn't look like your typical Destiny. And sure enough, they're going to Neptune and apparently there's this entire city that had been hidden with technology, etc., that the humans are still running, still inhabiting, untouched, unfazed by all the drama and war and everything that had happened. So this city is colorful. It's vibrant. It's alive. Everything's popping. And you get to actually be in it this time. You actually get to explore the city, arcades, whatever the case may be, all the fun things, as well, of course, as the huge, ominous, big, big baddie, Callus. Or is it not Cal? I don't remember. I think it's Callus. Is coming back with the witness, and they're about to do all sorts of stuff, bad things, and you gotta stop them. And you get a new ability from the darkness, but I won't talk about any of that. I'll just say that it looks really good, and it looks like they're taking the environment and just the theme and the setting in a completely different direction this time. And that has me very much intrigued because, as you said, Destiny's definitely had its aesthetic, you know, up to this point, and you've always looked down at the city. But you've never participated in a city. You've always just been in the tower going, look, there's the humans in this gigantic metropolis, but we'll never, ever go down there. We'll never see them. We'll never do anything with them. We're always just in these broken, decrepit, dastardly worlds and environments. And this looks to be changing that. So once again, Desi goes, hey, Eric, come and play. (laughs) So... We'll see how it goes, but I would have been remiss if I didn't talk about it. It was there at the show, so Destiny 2, folks, Lightfall, is a coming. Well, I'm going to stay in space in some kind of ways, because basically going down to the bottom of the ocean is like going into outer space. you got to wear a big pressurized suit. You hear your breathing. You see all kinds of crazy creatures you'd never see. I'm talking about under the waves, and I got excited about this because I saw the words Quantic Dream on the screen, and granted, they are just the publisher, but watching the trailer for this, it put me in mind of one of my favorite movies, The Abyss. Because you see the character, he's kind of working on this undersea station. You see him swimming around with like a little robot, and like a sea turtle goes by. He's like in some kind of submersible vehicle, and there's a big whale out there. And I'm like, oh man, it's maybe this is like endless ocean. It's like peaceful, and you know, you're just exploring the ocean. And then you see, and you don't see a lot, but you see something's going down inside of this undersea lab or whatever you're in and things are breaking things are going wrong you see misty mood lighting you see warning lights on the sides and it got me so excited because i don't know what it's about i don't know if it's just a narrative type of game if there's any kind of action to it but i got super excited just watching it it just it ticked all the boxes I don't know that about it, but it's on my list. I'm going to wish this now on Steam, if that's possible to do right after this. I'm going to go do that. All right. I'm so, I am so conflicted at this moment, man, because you keep trying to keep to this space thing. And I've got one more title that could do this. I got one but, more space one, too. But I want to get to I want to get to whatever planet this game takes place on, because I want to talk about it before we end the show. But I'll stay in space one more time. But I'm going to at least mention the other title, because we're running out of time for the show. But... You know what it is. That's, save it for the last one. Let's, we got to flip out okay. on it on the last one. Okay. So if you want to stay in space, let me jump into real space. We're going f- from underwater space to real space. This is a game I, I had no idea about, Nothing knew nothing about. Scars Above, like a giant inverted pyramid is coming out of space, and then there's creatures coming out of it. And something about it just it made me think of Death Stranding but with aliens and alien creatures because the world looks so lush and beautiful, and then you're kind of like that sort of over the shoulder but not really kind of combat i don't know there's 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 my last space one other than the one we're going to save for last all right i couldn't believe it it looks so good since we're doing a space theme i'll do two quickies one's kind of a mild space theme weird song didn't show us anything that's definitely space you're in some kind of weird chaotic world the sun is turning into an eye it's got all sorts of wonderful individuals from all the games you love you know fallouts etc etc coming together to create their own game in space but there's not much to talk about because it was literally just the sun turning to an eye and this weird creature thing shushing you. And you're like, whoa, can't wait to see what it's about. But you don't know what it's about. Before we jump back into space, so I'd be remiss. I got to tell you, The Lies of P. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Did you see that trailer? I oh did my see that one. Gosh. Yeah. 
that gameplay looked fantastic. People keep saying it looks identical to Bloodborne. I wouldn't really know because, as I said, <laughs> as I've talked about many times, I, I've tried Bloodborne several times and only have five hours in, I think. I can't do it. This don't, this don't look like that. I don't know what they're seeing that I'm seeing differently. This looks way more fun and way more playable than Bloodborne does. This, the environments, the characters, the this, the mystique of it all, and the action, the way it f- looks on screen, has me sold. I can't wait to look and see, you know, what's more of this game. And I hear IGN has like a, a nice big gameplay chunk going on that you can go check out. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, so... It's one of those weird ones because they were like, hey, based on the story of Pinocchio. And I was like, what the hell kind of game is this going to be? And then it started looking Soulsly and went, oh, man, it's another Souls game. I don't know. But then, like you said, the, the animations and the combat movements, like, sure, maybe it is just like you press some attack buttons, but it looks so fluid and fun. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things that when I first didn't like Souls games at all, I would look at it and, you know, you stab a guy and it goes, boom. And I'm like, you're so full of yourself, game. He's just stabbing a dude. Like, this game looks like how it should look. Like, you flew up and went, and lightning and shock stuff came down, and you did this big giant spin, and it went, doom. That's what, that's what the doom, you've earned it. It looks just like a ton of fun, super unique, like a weird steampunk kind of era because he's got his mechanical arm. and mm-hmm. Oh, man, it just looks really good. I don't know. It did. It looked really solid, and I can't wait to check out more on this title. I didn't even know. I, I literally knew nothing about it yeah, yeah. at all until this trailer, and I went, the hell's this? And then just, boom, completely, yep, that needs to be on my radar. I got to keep keep my tabs and keep my eyes on that one. So I, I couldn't have not mentioned it in the show. I know we were doing the space theme. That's what we ended up with. But maybe it's a different I, I knew planet. That would slip away. It's like a parallel yeah, it universe. Different planets. In, yeah, in, yeah. in outer space, there's this planet, but there's another planet that you and I both need to visit. You tried to intro it, and I cut you off before. It's wherever High on Life takes place because we were hyped for it before, and we're hyped for it again. And I was watching the trailer. I was watching the gameplay snippet, and I went, all right, cool. And they were making some jokes and stuff. And I went, all right, this this is all right. And then our favorite character made another appearance. And I think my my feed was like 15 seconds ahead of yours because I was sitting at the desk, totally on my break at work. And you were on your break standing in the mm-hmm. other room. And I the character said, he said all the lines and I pumped my fists up in the air and I looked and you were just bent over your phone and I held my fists up in the air and then it got like excessively long and I went, somebody's going to walk by and see me excited. And then I saw you turn and start nodding your head and they went, yes, he finally got it because Knifey <laughs> is back. Knifey 2, Stab Electric Boogaloo. He was going nuts. I love it. Just amazing. Incredible. I don't care about anything else in that game. I just want to run around with Knifey mm-hmm. all the time. I'm not going to use any other weapons. Just Knifey. Doesn't matter. Yep. I'm just going to be using Knifey. All right. You know what? I saw so much online play going back and forth. So- some people are so butthurt about Knifey. How could so you not crass, love Knifey? Eh, swearing just to swear. It's like you're a kid. And I say to you, suck it up, buttercup, you baby. Go back to your unicorn and fly off to another planet. Because he was hilarious. Had me cracking up. Just the, the crazy crap that was spewing out of his mouth. I was dying laughing. That is my humor. That is the stuff I love. Just that chaos, madness, ridiculous, over the top. You have no idea what's happening. That was all taking place with just a knife in my hand. That's it. Just a knife in my hand. And he's not even just a knife. He's a little swinging whip. Exactly. He's a deflector. And he mm-hmm. even says that. Hey, man, he tells you know, you. I'm not even just about stabbing. You can use me to deflect stuff, too, you know? But I'm going to stab him. But I really want to stab him. That was so good. (laughs) Now, maybe just connect. We've gone full circle with this episode. Those people who don't like Knifey, they're the people who don't like Bullet Train. I'm telling you right now. If you laugh at Knifey, you're going to laugh at that movie. You laughed at Knifey, you're going to laugh at that movie. It's great. There's no better way to end it than that. Knifey was just the greatest thing I've ever seen. Everything else was great, but when I went back and watched it again... I laughed just as hard. I was in the bathroom at work this time listening to it. And I was like, oh, Knifey's coming up. 
And I was relieving myself and cackling like a madman as someone was in the stall next to me. And I went, I don't care. He doesn't know <laughs> me. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Knifey is the man. <laughs> Knifey is the man. And it's also people that don't like Knifey that don't like Bulletstorm, man. It's the same thing. It's all in the same genre. True. You know, these people, they don't know what fun is. I tell them, get on your unicorn fly to another planet. Just go. Get out of here. I don't want you on my planet. But another thing I do have to tell you is there's so much more games come to cover. Uh, we've gone so long already, I can't talk about the Forspoken demo, the gameplay reveal. That was awesome. We'll talk about that next time, in addition to any other Gamescom stuff we can dig up, because there's so many things. There's so much stuff. Is there something specific, podcast listener, that you would like us to cover? Let us know that via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shifts. Indeed, you can find us over there. You can also find us on Patreon, like what we're doing, like what you hear. Consider throwing a buck, two bucks, three bucks, all kinds of bucks, any bucks. A little tip jar is what we call it. All of it, any of it would be greatly appreciated. If you cannot throw the bucks our way, you can easily go over to Twitch. Use your Prime sub. Whoop, whoop. Throw it in there. Hey, Matt's streaming. Boop, boop. Give him some cash. Look at that. Courtesy of Amazon. Make sure you're right. Courtesy of Amazon. Matt, have a great day. Boom. He's going to thumbs up. He's going to give you all the high fives. He's going to do the thing. We're all going to be happy. You didn't spend a dime of your money. Only a couple moments. Or you can go give us mailbag questions. Got some questions. Got some comments. Got some things you want us to talk about. Go over there. Typing up. Do you know how to type? Probably don't. Most people don't. But if you do, type it up. Pop it in there. We'll talk about it. We'll answer your questions. We'll have a good time. We'll say your comments on the stream or on the uh, show. And if you can't do that, you can go give us the five-star ratings on Spotify or on iTunes or both. It would be greatly appreciated. gets us higher up in the metrics. We all look good. Everybody's happy. More viewers come. All of a sudden, we're rich and famous. We're wearing glasses. We're doing the things. We're getting games galore. We're living in bad man pajama mansions. The world changes. And then we say, it's all for you, chat. And then that's what ha- that's what happens. You can do it. Another thing you can do is listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on September 1st, unless life gets in the way. But you can always find that on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, rating, review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services. Because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. We do appreciate it. And it's nice if you would say, I want to for that five-star review. You know what I'm saying? I'd do it. I'd... F- I'd <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. But until uh, until we get to actually experience that, because it was delayed into 2023, and I'm so goddamn mad, until that point, we get to play the greatest game that's ever been made, because of the greatest character that's ever been made. There's nothing else to say. I'm getting down. There's nothing else to say, but... Don't forget Shut up and sit down.